This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. We're on a series, and it's uh, on the end times. How many people are getting excited about the end times series? Amen. And, uh, you know, uh, the next big event is, uh, that's going to happen with us is the rapture. Amen. And the rapture, I, I'm going to just, just give you a little nutshell of the rapture uh, this morning just before I go into my message. I'm not going to go into it too strong because I don't want you guys uh, getting nervous. Amen. Because we're going to be taken up anyway. Amen. But the rapture is a combination of the wrath of the Lamb and the wrath of God. So it's, it's, uh, it's 21 judgments that will affect everyone on this planet, even the Christians that get saved in the tribulation. A lot of Christians will be martyred uh, in, uh, for their faith during the tribulation. And, and a lot of them will be getting their heads cut off, which is not too exciting. Uh, so, but if you're walking with God and you're staying close to God and you're keeping your oil filled and you're staying in church, glory to God, uh, uh, Jesus is coming to pick you up. Because you don't have to suffer through 21 judgments. Amen? Amen. And in those 21 judgments, uh, over half the world will be, will be killed. Now, let me just read a couple uh, uh, things out of Revelation. Because I'm trying to, what I want to do, I'm not going to give you a full-blown uh, uh, information about the tribulation. But just enough to, to let you know it's a serious time. It's not a walk in the park. And it's something that we should be aware of because we should be warning our brothers and sisters that may not be in church, our family members that's kind of on the fence. We need to be warning people that Jesus is coming back and that he's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle, full of love and faith, doing the works of Jesus. Now, in Revelation 6, 7 and 8, it says, When the Lamb opened the fourth seal... And uh, there are three types of judgments. That's, there's the seal judgments, uh, the bowl judgments, and the trumpet judgments. <laughs> so there's a lot of judgments going on. And, it said, and this right here, is, uh, it's, it's the seal judgment, uh, the first set of seven. And one of them is, When the Lamb opened the fourth seal, Revelation 6, 7, 8, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, Come, I, look at their, uh, I looked, and there before me was a pale horse. Its rider was named Death. And Hades was following close behind him. And they were given power over a fourth of the earth to kill by sword, famine, and plague, and by the wild beasts on the earth. So we see here that in the first set of the seven, uh, a fourth of mankind will be killed. And what's interesting is going to be famine, it's going to be plagues, and it's even going to be wild animals that will not be constrained any longer. Wow. Uh, I definitely don't want to be there when that happens. Amen. And then in Revelation 9, 18, it says a, th- uh, it says a third of mankind will be killed by three plagues of fire, smoke, smoke and sulfur that came out of their mouths. So um, we see here that there's some more plagues. And uh, and it says here that uh, that a third of mankind. So when you couple the quarter of mankind and a third of mankind, that comes to uh, half the world's population. 
and probably there's going to be more than that. So some people say, well, you know, I'm, I'm strong, I'm tough, I'm going to make it through the rapture. Uh, you know, why even try? <laughs> Amen. And I'm going to say this, if you can't serve God, and some people say, well, I'm going to serve God when, when the rapture comes. If you can't serve God when it's easy, I don't know if you're going to serve God when it's hard. I'm going to say it again. If you can't serve God when it's easy down here, are you truly, really going to serve God when it gets hard? So Jesus is coming back at the end, uh, at, at, at the end of the seven years uh, uh, because uh, he, he shortened the time. Seven years was a special time. And he, he's coming back and we're coming back with him. And the reason why he's coming back within that seven years, it says in Matthew, it says in those days, Matthew 24, 22, in those days had not been cut short, no one would survive, but for the sake of the elect, those days would be shortened. So the Lord revealed that if it continued to go past seven years, the whole planet, everybody on this planet would not be here. So that's the reason why it's seven years. Amen. And so, you know, the first installment uh, of the series was that I was talking about convincing proofs that Jesus is going to pick us up b- before the tribulation. And in Thessalonians 4, 16, 18, it says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with a trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then he who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. So we see here that Paul got the revelation that, that the dead in Christ would be raised uh, and they will get their glorified bodies and then we'll be raised up after that and we would meet the Lord in the air. And notice it says, comfort one another with these words. Why, why would he say that? Because, because some people erroneously believe that we, we as Christians that's walking with the Lord um, it will co- go through the tribulation. But here he's saying, comfort everyone with these words. We will be taken up. Say, I'll be taken up. Be taken up. Amen. And uh, you'll be taken up on the second load because I believe Jesus is coming back in my lifetime. And so that means he could be back any moment. Somebody say, I'm getting ready. Somebody say, I am ready. I am ready. <laughs> Amen. In other words, look at your neighbor and say, Maranatha. That means, Lord, come quickly. Amen. So then in second installment of my message, which was last week, uh, we, 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 we talked about uh, the seven churches and we talked about, you know, how it's all going to end up. You need to check that message out. And, uh, and so we, we used the seven churches and the warnings that Jesus gave some of the churches that they needed to start walking with him. And that they needed to put down sin and, and start, you know, walking in love with the Lord and all that. And, and so really, uh, there was one church that, that I want to focus on. And, and I'm going to hit just briefly this mo- in a moment. And that's the church that we want to emulate, and that's the Philadelphia church. And the Philadelphia was the only church, really, that Jesus did not rebuke. And so that's the church that we want to emulate. And I love this because it says in Revelation 3, 8, 8 and 10 and 11, it says, I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it. For you have little strength, and have kept my word, 
and have not denied my name. So he's, he's talking about this church and he's saying this church may not have all the glitz and the glamours. You may not have it all going on, you know, have all everything that, that you, you think you should have. But, but even though you don't have everything and, 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 and you're still believing God for some things, he's saying you're still staying faithful. Even though we haven't seen all the fullness of God's blessings that we're believing him for, uh, and we're still in the process of believing God, we still have to stay faithful in the process. Amen. Somebody say, stay faithful. And then he says this, because you have kept, in verse 10, because you have kept my commandment to persevere, underline the word persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Think about that. What, what's that saying? Well, that's saying that if we stay vigilant, we stay persistent, we stay in faith, walking with God, not backsliding back into the world, not going back into our old ways, that we're pressing into the things of God. He says that, that, that we could qualify for the reward of being raptured. And I really believe you have to qualify for the reward of being raptured. What's the qualification? Faithfulness. Are we still staying faithful when things aren't working right in our lives? Are we still staying faithful when, when our walk with the Lord is not where it needs to be? Are, if we're still struggling in some areas. Are we still staying faithful to the Lord? You know, Jesus said, when I come back, will I find faith on the earth? So what, what, what he's saying, he's saying, when I come back, will I find those people that are faithfully serving me, not letting go, pressing in? Because this, this Christian walk is, is, is not just a, a joy ride where you just sit back and go for the right. No, it's something that you have to keep pressing in to the things of God. I'm telling you, the gravitational force of this world system will try to pull us back. And the only way we're going to continue to stay in God is we have to keep pressing in to the things of God. you got to keep pushing in to the things of God. The kingdom of God suffers violence, but the violent takes it by force. So we got to get violent. Look at your name and say, get violent with your faith. Amen. So we got to get serious. We got to get violent with our faith. Now, today, I want to give you key, more keys that we're at the end of the age. Amen. And let's look at uh, the, the foundational rapture scripture that I've been going with all month. And this is in John 14, 1 and 3. It says, let not your heart be troubled. So, so God doesn't want us in fear about the end days. He's saying, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. God's preparing a wonderful place for us. And then he says, if I go prepare a place for you. Now underline this part. I will come again. And receive you to myself, that where I am, there you will be also. 
So, so this is the key. Uh, God and Jesus uh, wants us in heaven. They, they want us, you know, they, they're so close. Jesus wants to bring us to heaven. He wants to be closer to us than we want to be close to him. Do you believe that? And so, and so he's going to come and he's going to, uh, he's going to pick us up before that seven year tribulation. Now let's look at some of the signs of the end of the age in Matthew 24, 3, 8. These are scriptures I didn't hit on in the, in the past two, uh, two sessions. It says in Matthew 24, 3, 8, it says, and Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives and the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And Jesus answers, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumor of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise up against nation Kingdom against kingdom, there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginnings of birth pains. So we, we see this and we know this has been happening all through history. You know, wars, rumor of wars, earthquakes. We, we know all this, but these are birth pains. In, uh, in other words, this is likened to a pregnant woman. Uh, having birth pains. And I'm going to say this, if, if, if where we're at in time is likened to a woman, I believe, in the ninth month of her pregnancy. We're right there at the coming of Jesus. I like what Jesus said in Matthew 24, 36. It says, but about the day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. This is amazing that Jesus... Uh, the Holy Spirit, uh, the angels don't know when Jesus is coming back, but that's reserved for the Father. That's amazing. So the Father, in His time table, He will release Jesus to come back. And and see, there are people that are always trying to predict when Jesus is going to come back. And be careful with these predictions. Uh, back in the 80s, there was a book written, 88 Reasons Why Jesus Will Come Back in 1988. And, uh, and, uh, and guess what? 1988 came and went. And e- either, either Jesus did come back and we missed the rapture. <laughs> but we didn't miss the rapture. Glory to God. But, <laughs> but he, didn't, he didn't come back because no one knows the, 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 the exact hour. So, so don't buy the book. If somebody says, well, Jesus is coming back at the end of this year. Uh, don't, I'm going to tell you, he might come back at the end of this year. But it's a good possibility. If, they're te- if somebody's telling you he's going to come back, he's probably not going to come back at the end of this year. Amen? Uh, why? Because no one knows the day or the hour. So people are always predicting. So we need to focus on on the signs of the times. Amen. And one of the ways we can recognize that Jesus is coming back sooner than we think is that there's going to be an increase of wickedness. I'm talking to somebody today on this planet. 
there's going to be an increase of wickedness. In Matthew 24, 9 through 13, it says this, Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you'll be hated by all nations because of me. All, the, all that time, many will turn away from the faith and betray and hate each other, and many false prophets will appear to deceive many people. Let me stop here. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. The Lord is saying some people are going to leave the faith. The Lord is saying some people are going to, going to leave and go back into the world. But that's not us. The world's saying many are going to leave. So I'm going to say this. If you stay in the boat, what am I talking about? If you stay in the ark of safety, I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is if you stay in church, the church is likened to the ark of safety. It's the, it's the safety place. If, if you stay in church, stay committed to God, stay faithful in serving, uh, uh, you'll be ready for the rapture. You won't turn away. You, you, you can't turn away from God if you keep your relationship flowing with God. And only the enemy will get us to try to turn away from God. And he says, many false prophets will appear and deceive many people because the increase of wickedness, notice this, the love of most will grow cold, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. I'm going to get out of my chair now. Glory to God. I'm going to get out of my chair. See, I'm, t- I'm going to say this, that, that there is a lot of darkness out here. There's a lot of people doing wrong things out here. There, there's just a lot of negativity out here. But don't let that negativity get into you. Don't let the hate of the world get on you. I mean, I, 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 got, I got upset this week when I was in traffic. And this person would not let me over. And I was trying to, I was trying to get over the lane. And, my, and I, was, I was doing the, the New York driving method. Anybody ever drive like a New Yorker in here? A New Yorker. And, I was, and what I do is I, I put my turn signal on. And, I, and, I, and I, I will start merging. And they have enough room to slow down to, to let me in. But that person didn't let me in. And he just kept moving, and my car was almost, almost hit his car. I was ah, oh, you know, I was there, and then I turned, and then I finally had to slow down, get around him, and you know, did, Pastor Dave have, has flesh, and I and I stopped and looked at him. I didn't say a word because it's the love of God that constrains me. If he constrained me, I would have kept moving, saying Hallelujah. And he, and he and the guy looked at me and said, "What?" like that, and I just like, and I just I just kept moving, amen. But they, Pastor Days has flesh, but the people, you know, the people's, you know, are, are going to be mean in the last days. But we don't have to be like that. And I, and hopefully, you know, I I'm gonna I'm, I'm working on a T-shirt company with Christian slogans, and I'm thinking about putting this one T-shirt. Together, it says, Jesus loves you and I'm trying. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Uh, because, because, because sometimes it's hard to love unlovely. Come on, can I talk to somebody today? Sometimes it's hard to love unlovely people, isn't it? Sometimes it's hard to let bygones be bygones. It's, it's hard to let things go. At, it, it, I'm talking to any real people today. 
Does anybody ever get upset in, in the house? Does anybody ever get irritated with people? Did I, I mean, just your spouse this morning. No, I'm kidding. But are you here? What I'm saying? We can. We all have flesh. It's not renewed. I'm looking forward to the rapture day where I will not be plagued by this body. I will not be plagued by flesh that will try to get me off course. See, once we get our glorified bodies, we'll never be able to turn away from God. Ooh, I'm preaching today. Once we're, it will be set in God forever. Glory to God. Amen. And, and no evil will be able to touch us. In 2 Timothy, it says here, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves. So, you know what, what, you could say that, you know, the Instagram, you have a lot of people like to take pictures of themselves. People be lovers of themselves, amen? And, and post it on Instagram, right? And, and so what's, what's, the, what's the remedy to that? Be, be lovers of God. People will be, love money. And, and what's the remedy of that? Be a giver. Give into the kingdom of God. People will be boastful. And what's the remedy of that? We need to boast on the Lord. People will be proudful. What's the remedy of that? We need to walk in humility. People will be abusive. What's the remedy for that? We, we need to be a blessing. People will be disobedient to parents. And, and, and we need to be obedient to parents. Sometimes when I have my Friday morning fasting day, and my mom comes out and we, we make it, uh, 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 we go out after the fast and we, we eat uh, like a horse afterwards, glory to God. We go out to eat, not really, but, and so we go out to eat on Friday nights. And my mom would say, uh, would tell me what to wear. Why don't you wear this so we can match, glory to God. And so I got to be obedient to my mom. Why is that? Because she's paying for the dinner. <laughs> So I'm like, yes, mom, I'll wear my, she said this, wear your black shirt. I'll wear my black shirt. (laughs) Why? Because she's paying for the meal, glory to God. I take care of the tip, of course, amen? And uh, praise the Lord. And uh, some people will be ungrateful. You know what is a sure sign of godliness is gratefulness. Oh, I'm preaching today. A sure sign that you're walking godly is a person that is a thankful person. An unthankful person is really an ungodly person. I'm preaching to somebody today. So we need to be thankful because in the end times, people will be unthankful. We just need to thank God for the little things that he does for us. We need to thank God, not just for the big things, for the little things, and continue to thank God. Have a list of gratitude. Think about all the good things that God has done for you and start uh, professing that and thanking God for that. Amen? People will be unholy. What's the remedy of that? Be holy. Bible said, be holy as I am holy. And without holiness, no man will see the Lord. Holy just means to be set apart for God's use. You need to set yourself apart. In other words, we're the ecclesia, the called out ones. We're called out of the world and we're called into the kingdom of God. We're set apart. We're holy for the Lord. And your bodies are holy temples of God. 
So you glorify God in your body. You just don't do whatever you want with your bodies. Your own twice over. One, by right of creation. And two, by the right of the blood of Jesus. So you have no right to do what you want with your body. So I'm preaching today. Amen. Without love, remedy, walk in love. Unforgiving, remedy, we got to be forgiving people. Slanderous, we don't talk bad about people. We talk good about people. Without self-control, the Spirit of the Lord gives us self-control. Not lovers of good. We love good more than evil. Amen. Uh, treacherous. We're, we can't be treacherous people. Rash or conceited. Lovers of pre- pleasure rather than lovers of gold. Uh, God. We need to be lovers of God rather than lovers of pleasure. And then he says this. Having a form of godliness but denying its power. Have nothing to do with such people. What do I mean by by, by people saying, denying the power. This means these are people that don't believe that God can work in your life. They don't believe that God is still doing miracles today. They don't believe that God's a healing God. They don't believe that God is a God that can, can, can prosper your life. You, you have to stand and believe that God can do anything. And, 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 and then these people really... They, they have a form of godliness to deny the power. This is really saying deny the power to keep us walking right before God. It's the grace of God that keeps us walking right. But does, the grace of God doesn't keep us in sin. So it's the grace of God that empowers us to walk right, not to walk wrong. And you have some people that are walk, walking, uh, you know, straddling the fence Saying, you know, they, they, they're making excuses for their sin and they're saying God's grace is okay. No, God's grace is not okay if you continue in it. No, you must turn from it. Amen. You, you must turn from those things that will, that will try to destroy your life and try to destroy your family life and try to destroy your witness. Turn from those things. Can I get a witness in the house today? Where is America in, in the spiritual landscape? America, Christian, Christian population, is on the decline. It's on the decline. America is battling deconstruction of the nuclear family. People living with each other instead of getting married. You know, that's wrong in God's eyes. Gender confusion. Sexual immorality. Pro-choice, the right for abortion for any reason. Homicides are on the rise. People killing one another. Drug abuse, alcohol abuse. We have a broken world. That's the reason why Jesus is coming back to fix this broken world. Glory to God. You know, I I looked this up. There's there's about 450,000 people that live in Virginia Beach alone. 450,000, that's a lot of people. But you know, only 40% ascribe to a religion. That means 60% of the 450,000 people don't know anything about God. The harvest is out here. 
We got to get busy. You know, I'm, I was thinking about that. My, my cross street neighbor doesn't go to church. My neighbor on the right doesn't go to church. My neighbor on the left doesn't go to church. I don't even think my neighbor on the next right goes to church. Are you right? I'm telling you, you could probably know some of your neighbors and you could probably look at their lives. What do we need to do? We need, we need to get busy. We need to start witnessing. We need to start you know, inviting people to church. Why? Because hell's coming to this earth. Hell's coming to this earth. And we need to warn people. Look at your name and say, warn people. Amen. I like what it says here because we need to start praying for our nation. It says in 2 Chronicles 7, 14 and 15, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin. I will heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to their prayers offered in this place. So what do we need to be doing? We, we, we need to be praying. We need to be praying and we need to be witnessing the goodness of the Lord. I'm going to say this. When people hear about the tribulation, they think God is a mean God. They think, oh, that's so terrible. That, why, would a, why would a loving God put tribulation in the world? Well, if the world can't come to God when, when everything's nice, then, then, he, then God's going to have to turn up the fire to try to get people to come to Jesus. And really, the tribulation is not about God judging the people. Yes, he is. What he's trying to do is wake up the world to come to him. And if they can't come to him when, when everything is nice, then the fire is going to have to be turned up. And sometimes a crisis brings people to Christ. So really, it's in God's love that he judges the world. What is it for him not to judge the world and a person goes on their merry way and still end up in hell? Maybe the tribulation is God's gift to the world to get them to wake up. That's something to think about. Because I think about the goodness of God. And God is good. And if he's good, he is just. And if he's just, he has to judge sin. Glory to God. And thank God he judged it on Jesus. Amen. You know, uh, we know that, that Jesus, the closer is coming because of technology and satellites. We know that. And with the satellites and with the Internet, people can, will be able to view things all across the world. And we know that in Revelation 11, there are two witnesses that will be preaching in the middle of the tribulation. And those two witnesses will be ministering and they will be killed. And the Bible says that, that the people of every t- tongue and tribe will see their dead bodies. How will they see them? Through the Internet and through satellites. That's how they will see them. And the two witnesses, some speculate, the two witnesses are Enoch and Moses. And why would the two witnesses be Enoch and Moses? Well, Enoch was, was raptured and Moses was taken up in a fiery chariot. Both of them went to heaven with, with regular bodies. Amen. So, so who for them to preach? They could come down because they will be killed. Right. And then resurrect it. So, so this is interesting. Just, just a little uh, information, side note, that it won't affect your eternity, but it's something interesting to think about. Amen? So we know that we're close because of technology to implant chips are already available. They're, they're implanting chips into animals that you can, you can find your animal. I, I remember that my, my, my wife had, a, I think, chip implanted into her cat, and the cat got killed. 
And then, and then they picked up the cat and called my wife and said uh, the cat got ran over by a car. And they said it, it was a $250 charge. How would you like to pay for it? <laughs> Amen. Amen. Why? Because they can track you down. Amen. And, uh, and so her cat, but, but, but the cat had a chip in it. So, so they're still doing chip technology. There was a company in Wisconsin that, that, that had chip technology. And it, I believe it was a security company or it was, it was some company dealing with some security stuff. And they made their employees get a chip or they would release them from their job. And this was, this was in Wisconsin a few years back. Uh, you know, the pandemic uh, was that, that came upon this scene uh, or pandemic that came upon the scene. Uh, one of the things that the government was trying to do, which I don't know if you were aware of this, but they were trying to make like government employees take the vaccination without their consent. And so, you know, I'm not, pre, you know, I'm, I'm if you took the vaccination, fine. I'm not against that. But I but I am for freedom. And I, and I am for that if you should have a choice, what you want in your life and what you want to do. If you had the vaccine, great, more power to you. But if you don't want the vaccination, I think great and more power to you as well. And they were trying to control employees to take this and, and with the guy and even government workers or you would be let go. And I, I believe there were some that were standing strong on they didn't want the vaccine and got fired. Did you ever hear about that? And so, and, so, and so this was a government, it wasn't a law, but it was a government mandate. So it was a, man, but mandates aren't laws. It's a mandate that they were trying. So I, I just, I'm just thinking here, could this be like a test bed to see if they can control people with the mark of the beast? Could this, see, could this be possibly just seeing how, you know, and when people revolted against getting the vaccine, uh, there was even a, a, a court case that came up to the Supreme Court that, that, that really they, the government backed off in forcing people to get the vaccinations. Why? Because your body is purchased by God. It belongs to you and you have the right to choose what goes into your body and what doesn't go into your body. Can I get a witness in the house today? The second t- sign I believe that, 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 that we know that we're in is the spread of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Matthew 24, 14, it says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world and witness to all nations, and then the end will come. There's 193 sovereign nations in this world. There are over 7,000 languages in this world. We're getting closer for the Bible to be printed in these different languages through Bible apps. Matter of fact, the Bible app version is trying to get more languages printed and more people have cell phones in this world than anything else. And so with, with, the, with the technology of, of the cell phones and the Internet and these apps that you can download, uh, it, the possibility of getting the word of God in every uh, language is getting closer and closer. Amen. We know that we're in a place where we're, we're at the end of days. It's because there's more people that's been one in the past 50 years than the whole 19,770 years before that, before Jesus started the church. In 1970, 1.2 billion Christians were on this planet. In 2022, 2.3 billion Christians are in this world. It doubled from 1.2 to 2.3 billion. 
Amen. We're almost, we're, 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 uh, it's about 8 billion people on this planet, and we're almost a third of this planet are Christians. Glory to God. There, so, so we see this. So, so let's look at uh, another sign or some more signs. It says here in Matthew 24, 15, it says, Therefore, when you see the abomination of the desolation spoken by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, whoever reads him, uh, whoever reads, let him understand. And, and so you read this abomination of desolation. What does that mean, Pastor? Well, what that means is the Antichrist is going to broker a deal with Israel and the Palestinians. And they're, go- and they're going to try to bring peace because there's no peace right now. And, and, they're, uh, and then the Antichrist is going to have uh, the Israelites rebuild their temple. And then when they rebuild, he's going to set a statue up of himself so that he can be worshipped. And so that's where you get this abomination of the desolation. It's the Antichrist setting himself up to be worshipped. Amen. And so we, we know this. This is interesting that Jesus mentioned Daniel. And when he mentioned Daniel, what he was saying was that Daniel was a prophet. And, and the book of the Daniel uh, is, is something that we should be looking at. Amen. It, it, it reveals uh, the first seven chapters reveals historical uh, perspective of what they went through. And the, and the last seven uh, chapters re, uh, refers to uh 490 years of the future, glory to God. And I'm going to say this, that we're in it. Most of all these prophecies that has been given in Daniel has been fulfilled except for the seven years that we're about ready to embark in. And seven, uh, uh, the Daniel 24, I'm just going to read this. It says, at this time, Michael shall stand up, the great prince who stands, watch over the sons of your people, <clears throat> and there shall be a time of trouble, talking about the tribulation, such as never was since it was a nation, never was since there was a nation, even to that time. And at that time, your people shall be delivered, everyone who is found written in the book, and many of those who, who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Talking, this is actually talking about the rapture. It says, it says here, uh, coming, coming out from the graves, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise, notice that it says, those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, <clears throat> and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. See, he says, those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament. If you're wise today, you're shining like the Son of God. You're, you're witnessing, you're praying, you're, you're doing everything you can to get people into the kingdom of God. I'm, I'm more, since I've been doing this, these series, I'm more on fire as a witness for the Lord than I've ever been in my entire life. And, I, and I'm telling you, I was at the gym again. I got two more people on my text network, glory to God. And I'm telling you, I was ministering to these people and, uh, and the guy was wearing a uh, Christian t-shirt and, and I was talking to him and he said, he said, you were right on time. I really needed to hear what you had to say. And he said, you really encouraged me. And, uh, and so he got on my text message and I was just thinking about him and his son was there and his son said, can I get on it too? <laughs> like that. And his son was 16 years old. Uh, in, uh, in, in high school, and, and he wanted to get on. His, his uh, name was Josiah. And uh, Josiah, can I get on your network too? I said, sure, you can get on my network, glory to God. Why? Because people are hungry. 
there are more than just that people are hungry for the word of God. People are hungry for your love. Oh, I'm preaching today. People are hungry for the love of Jesus to be displayed to them. And if people don't see the love of Jesus in us, where will they see the love of Jesus? Because we need to walk in that love. We need to be reaching out to people. We need to get out of our own, you know, caves and come out and come out and be what God is calling us to be. And be a witness to a lost and dying generation. Glory to God. We're called to be light and salt in this dark uh, world that we live in. Amen. So we know this. It says here that the brightness of that those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament. Those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. I like to think that that's us. But you, Daniel, shut up the word. Seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall increase. This is right here is happening today. Increase in travel and increase in knowledge. Glory to God. That's happening today. That's in the book, glory to God. And Daniel 12, 8 and 10 says, I heard that what he said, but I did not understand what he meant. Amen. So I asked, how would this all finally end, my Lord? But he said, go now, Daniel, for what I have said is kept secret and sealed until the time of the end. Purified, cleansed, and refined by their trials, but the wicked will continue in their wickedness, and none of them will understand. Only those who are wise will know what it means. So, so I'm going to say this. The only way you can get wisdom, listen to what I'm saying. Don't check out on me right now. The only way you can get wisdom is to have the fear of the Lord working in your life. Because if you have a reverential fear of God, the fear of God brings wisdom. You say, yes, we must understand the love of God. We must get a revelation of the mercy of God. But we also have to get an understanding of, of the severity of God, of the judgment side of God. We have to get an understanding that God is a great judge and he's to be honored. He's to be esteemed. He's to be, you know, he's to be reverent. Yes, and we've got to get a reverential fear back in our lives. We've got to get that reverential fear. And when we have that reverential fear, we'll see the miracles of God in our lives. We won't be walking in a little bit of sin. No, we'll be turning from those things. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? In 2 Peter 3, 10 and 12, it says, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. The earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you ought to be? Amen. You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and, and you can speed its coming. So what, what kind of people are we supposed to be in the last days? Holy and, and sold out to God. Set apart for God. Uh, doing what God wants us to do. Walking in the light. And when we walk in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from some, no, from all unrighteousness. And we ought to live godly lives set apart for God's use. In 2 Peter 3.14 it says, So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. Glory to God. Spotless, blameless. How do you do that? You check yourself. 
You, you, you allow the Word of God to inspect you. You allow the Word of God to show up any darkness in your life. And then if there's any darkness that the Word, word of God is revealing, you get right or get left. Glory to God. I know this is a little strong this morning, but I want you to love God and hate sin. If you love God and hate sin, you will be a mighty conqueror in the last days. You'll be filled with God's spirit. You will be filled with God's joy. You'll be filled with God's peace. You will be like a lion ready to attack the enemy at every place in your lives. I'm telling you, sin will make cowards of us all. And for sin to persist, it only takes good men to do nothing. And we need, we need to start doing something for the kingdom of God. Amen. In Matthew 24, 37, I'm closing. It says, it was in, in, in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage. Up until that, that day, Noah entered the ark. So, so this is uh, Jesus talking about before the tribulation. In other words, we know that Jesus is coming because it, in the tribulation, all hell's going to be breaking loose. All these good things aren't going to be happening. Amen. And so and he says, and they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them away. That is how it will be in the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a hand mill. One will be taken, the other left. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know and what day your Lord will come. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time of night a thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready because a son of man will come in an hour which you do not expect him. So what here, what is he saying here? He's saying if you're staying ready in God, if you're staying fortified in God, I, I really believe this, it won't happen like a thief in the night. You're going to know that God, the timing of God. You're going to be ready for it. You're going to be walking in the Spirit. You're going to be prepared. You're going to have your house ready for the coming of the Lord, glory to God. We are, called, uh, we are called to walk right with Him, and we're called to make an eternal difference in our lives. In 2 Peter 3, 9, it says, The Lord is not slow keeping his promises as some understand slowness it said he is patient with you not wanting anyone to perish but everyone come to repentance in other words God is waiting for the precious fruit of the earth and we're the people that that's going to destroy hell in people's lives you believe that today so what do we need to do in the end days we need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit and be a witness. In, in, in Acts 1, it's 6 and 8, it said, Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times and the dates that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power, and, and you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be a witness in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. Why is God... Filling the church with his spirit. 
Why would God fill us with the Holy Spirit? So that we can walk in power in the last days. So that we can push back darkness. So that we can let our light shine. So that people can see our good works. And so people will be drawn to God. And they will glorify God which is in heaven. As we start walking with God. As we start witnessing. As we start doing everything that God's calling us to do. To the best of our ability. I believe we'll be set and ready for the return of Jesus. Somebody say, I'm ready. Maranatha. Lord, come quickly. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you for your mercies and your goodness today. I thank you, Father God, that you're getting us ready for your return. And I'm asking that you help us to be that light, that salt that you've called us to be. You said that we're the light of the world, the salt of the earth. And we thank you, Lord God, that we're going to be people that will make a difference in our generation. Father, I thank you for the precious people here in the audience, those watching online. And maybe you're on the fence. Maybe you haven't made Jesus the Lord of your life. Or those that are watching and listening, today is the day of salvation. It's time to come back to the Father's house. Pray this prayer after me and mean your heart if you're ready to move forward in your walk with Christ. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org. 